This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. I have regretfully informed the opposition parties that we will have to use time allocation more often to implement the agenda of change we promise Canadians. We will do so every time with full transparency because we firmly believe that open government is good government. All right, well, that today, Liberal government House Leader Bardis Chagger talking about the changes they're going to be making to parliamentary procedure. Now, they've been trying for a while to push through some of these changes, and it it does seem as though they're maybe backing down on some of this. But as you heard, they're obviously still moving ahead on the rest. And does it make the government less accountable? If they're trying to get business dealt with quickly, more quickly, and they're trying to limit the amount of time that the opposition can question and scrutinize legislation, are we better off? So I think there's some reasons why we should care. Joining us for some thoughts is someone who's been following this very closely, uh, conservative MP for Calgary Knows Hill, Michelle Rempel. Hi there, Michelle. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, thanks for making some time for us. There's a lot going on, obviously, in Ottawa this week. But uh, when did we first hear that, that these changes were being considered? How long ago was this? So this was early March when this all started. And uh, since then, we've been vigorously opposing the government's attempt to essentially water down the rights of any Canadian to have their voice heard. Uh, You know, I I think a lot of people have been trying to spin this as something that doesn't affect the average Canadian, but it really does. You know, there's 338 people that were elected to represent every corner of our country. And, you know, for, for Trudeau to try and limit the amount of debate or the amount of speeches on any piece of legislation or to shut down Parliament on Friday or to only have to show up to question period once a week and be held accountable. Those are things that materially impact how government works. And I think that there's been a lot of sort of cross-partisan outrage against Justin Trudeau for having the audacity and the arrogance to try and do this. Now, it does seem as though they've abandoned some of what they'd initially proposed. There was something, for example, known as legislative programming that would have actually scheduled times for debates on on certain bills. They've abandoned that, as I understand. Is is that what you've come to understand? Well, I read the letter that um, the Liberals sent to my colleague Candace Bergen, who's the House leader of our party, and they sent it at like 8 o'clock last night. (laughs) It was crazy on a Sunday night. And the language that they use is, at this time. So those are weasel words. Um, You'll note that they tried to push these changes through or similar changes earlier in the session uh, with something called Motion 6. The public was outraged. The House of Commons was outraged. And this resulted in the infamous Elbowgate incident where Justin Trudeau purportedly elbowed one of my female colleagues. Um, So, you know, to me, this is... uh, There are mechanisms in which the government, like there's rules already in place where the government can limit or put a time on the amount of debate. It's called time allocation. The problem is the liberals don't want to have to pay the political cost for doing that. And I just, you know, to me, it's just really arrogant. I think this is why it's resonated with so many average Canadians. We have over 30,000 signatures on a petition to oppose this is because People expect parliamentarians to speak up for them. And, you know, just because Trudeau doesn't want to be in the House of Commons and do other things, that doesn't mean that he gets to permanently change what the role of prime minister is or how we conduct business in parliament. And that's really what's been happening here.
All right. So what about, as you, you mentioned, one of the potential changes would be to limit the amount of time that the prime minister would actually be in uh, the, the House of Commons for question period. Where, where does that stand? Sure. So for, for your listeners who might not be familiar, question period, it's one hour a day when Parliament is sitting where the prime minister and his executive, or so the ministers, are required to be in the House of Commons and answer questions from opposition members or from government backbenchers. So what the proposal is, is that Justin Trudeau would only come to question period once a week instead of being a pro- coming five times a week right now. Um, what that would do, I think, first of all, it would allow Trudeau to really sidestep accountability. Like, So we're going down from you know, a lot of time to answer questions to virtually none. It also allows him to control the media cycle. So if, you know, there's some bad news coming down the pipe, they can always table it to the day after he appears in question period so that he doesn't have to be accountable in Parliament and hope that the media cycle plays out such that Canadians forget about it. And I also think that it will impact reporting because if the Prime Minister is only in the House one day a week, I think that that kind of disincents journalists from covering the House of Commons to the extent that they have right now. So... I don't understand. Like, I think if you were going to put it in really simple terms, there would be a lot of people out there that would say, "Well, that's great if I could only show up to my job for 45 minutes a week." Right. Yeah. And that's really what this boils down to. And you know, Justin Trudeau, he wants an audience. He doesn't want an opposition. And the House of Commons provides opposition to his, you know, I'm biased, but craziness. And I just, he doesn't want to stand up, and he doesn't want to be accountable for his decisions, and that's wrong. Yeah, look, I mean, there are going to be times when the Prime Minister is unable to attend question period. I get it. Prime Ministers go abroad. Sure. There, there are things that come up. That's understandable. But but this, you know, as you say, this is going well beyond that, right? It, it is. It's permanently changing the level of accountability that the Prime Minister of our country has to the Canadian people. And that's so arrogant. I mean, you know, I, I always think about what would happen if you know, Stephen Harper had tried to permanently change the rules of Parliament. We Certainly our government invoked time allocation on bills from time to time, but Canadians held us to account for that every time that we did. What Trudeau wants to do is he just does not want to be in the House of Commons. He sees Parliament as a nuisance. Um, and, and that's just, you know, regardless of anyone who's listening, how you voted, you know, you, you want to be able to hear different viewpoints and and different political philosophies in the House of Commons, because that's how you come up with better public policy. You know, limiting debate, only having somebody come into the House 45 minutes per week, that sounds a lot like a dictatorship. And for all the criticism that Stephen Harper got on this, Justin Trudeau is actually pushing these rules through. And it's just, I hope that there's national outrage over this. And I hope that he plays a political price for for this arrogance. Well, it's, it's hard to see how we're better off. I mean, it's easy to see how the Liberals are better off, but it's hard to see how we as Canadians or how our democratic system is better off. And, and that's, that's why we should be concerned, I think. I think so. I mean, at the end of the day, when you're elected to office, it's not about you. Uh, you know, we're in this era of sort of celebrity politics where people's egos get put ahead and their public persona gets put ahead of serving people and understanding that you have to be accountable to them because you're spending their money. And, you know, what I see with characters like Justin Trudeau is it's like, okay, it's great you're going to another Broadway play, but what about the fact that we've got, you know, serious unemployment in Calgary, you're increasing taxes, 
there's major foreign policy issues that we need to be looking at in terms of Canada's safety, um, immigration issues. There's so many things that we need to serve the public with. And part of that service is being accountable to the people that you that elected you. And so to try and water that down, to me, and the year that we're going to celebrate Canada's 150th anniversary, is just, it's so anti-democratic and it's so incredibly arrogant that, you know, I'm even hearing from people that voted Liberals going, wow, this is really concerning and it's it's taken things one step too far. So I just really encourage people to sign that petition and to keep writing to the Liberal backbenchers that are on the Procedure and House Affairs Committee, as well as to the government House leader and just saying, look, this is wrong. I don't care what political stripe you are. We should not be doing this. This is arrogant and dictatorial. Right. What about the fact, you know, that I think there's a lot of Canadians are kind of cynical about question period. It seems like a lot of bickering and, you know, a lot of uh, pounding on the desks and that, that maybe we don't get a lot that's meaningful that comes out of question period. So if, if Canadians don't value question period as much as maybe we should, does it make it easier for the government then to turn around and say, well, yeah, we're not going to value it either? Well, I disagree with the premise of the question because there is value in question period. That's the time where, you know, it's the only time where members of the opposition who, you know, and, and, and frankly, that's a lot of Canadians that voted elect uh, members of the opposition have the opportunity to stand up and question the government on their policy. So if the government stands up and says something that's absolutely ridiculous and they get clipped on the evening news, people can go, huh, that's not what I voted for. or I don't want that. It's a way of communicating to the Canadian public whether or not the government is delivering on their agenda or if they should be changing it. Um, so I do think there's utility and value in it. And when, when you know, either the prime minister or ministers fail to answer questions, uh, the Canadian public does notice that, especially when we're living in an era where it's so easy to share Facebook posts, right? So, you know, to me, if we remove the prime minister's onus and accountability to show up and be held to account, we're moving away from like the the democratic system that we have right now. We're removing the prime minister from accountability to the people who pay his salary and pay for government programming. And that's wrong. That's not how our country was founded. Uh, And that's certainly not what we should be pushing forward in the year that we're celebrating our 150th anniversary. We should be trying to make the government more accountable, not less. So, you know, I do think that there is validity in question period. Um, You see the clips on the evening news all the time. They're in media stories. And I think Canadians do care about this, and they certainly care when somebody is so arrogant, they say, I'm going to put my ego first, as opposed to showing up and being accountable to you, the people who pay my salary. Right. Now, the Liberals are trying to dress this up as modernizing uh, Parliament and and improving uh, what's going on. I think you you demonstrated why there's reason for concern. But, I mean, are, are there ways, legitimate ways, that we could make changes? Well, you know, in terms of the, the changes that you and I have talked about today, I think modernizing Parliament, it's like Newspeak, right? It's, sure. it's, it's Orwellian. It's over-modernizing Parliament. Actually, you're completely reducing democracy. Um, but, I mean, in terms of... I've spoken on this in the House of Commons, too. There's a level of personal ownership on our democratic systems. Um, We had a debate in the House of Commons late in the last parliament on whether or not the Speaker of the House of Commons should be able to censure ministers if they give crappy answers in question period. And my response to that was, like, I write all of my own speeches in the House of Commons. I do my own research. 
I come into the House of Commons prepared. Um, if I'm going to stand up and give a really lousy answer or not, uh, an answer that's not reflective of the majority of my community, I'm going to be held to account for that. So, you know, to me, it's saying like, okay, do we need to change the rules to make Parliament more effective? I think we have to hold our elected officials to account more stringently to say, do your job, right? If we want to do something or we want you to do something that resembles work, we're going to, as a community, pressure you to do that. And that's where Parliament is a team effort, not just between the members of Parliament, but people who elected us to come here. It's engaging with members of Parliament. It's saying, no, I, I don't support this legislation, or yes, I do, or we need this change. And so I think, you know, for me, the silver lining in this discussion is that it's woken a lot of Canadians up to the need to be really engaged um, in the political process in Canada, because it does affect our everyday lives, right? I mean, look at how poor our economy is going right now in Alberta and some of the punitive policies that are coming down against the energy sector. That's government affecting everybody's life in a real way. And if, you know, the community has, if the community doesn't have a way to hold people that are making those changes to account, then we actually have lost some of the functioning of our democracy. And I'm very deeply concerned about that. Yeah. Well, Michelle, and just before we let you go, I don't know if you wanted to, to comment on this. People might have seen your, your name over the weekend in, in Rick Bell's column in the Calgary Sun. Uh, rumors flying around your political future. Any, any comment? Well, I think in the same weekend, I was speculated on mayor. I was also speculated about running for the provincial party and I think yeah. another political party as well, too. I, you know, I couldn't sit here and give you a whole long lecture on democratic um, values without first saying that I feel a deep responsibility to the people of my community that elected me to do this job in Ottawa. And as of right now, um, I'm certainly in Ottawa focused on doing that. I will say this, there are a lot of people that just want to spend our money without having any accountability or plan for doing so. And uh, it's, sometimes it's hard to pick who to oppose. <laughs> there you go. All right, Michelle Rempel, thanks for making some time for us here today. Appreciate it. Take care. All right, you too. Michelle Rempel, uh, Conservative MP, Calgary Nose Hill. 403-974-8255 is our number, 974-TALK. Yeah, Rick Bell's piece over the weekend was some speculation that maybe Michelle Rempel was considering a run at the mayor's chair. As she alluded to, there's some other rumors that maybe she was considering running in a leadership race if and when we get to the creation of a new uh, Conservative Party in Alberta. Uh, so, interesting answer. All right, we're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.